In the spring of 2021, Mickey Weems was diagnosed with stage 4 prostate cancer and was given 6 to 12 months to live. This episode was recorded in April of 2022. My name is Donna Blanchard. While we recognize that Mickey is dying, we'd like to welcome you to another day of his life. This is Mickey Weems. Hi, Mickey. Aloha. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing this with us. I'd like to start off by asking you, uh, what emotions are you feeling right now? A tremendous sense of gratitude. When, when I pause like this, it's because I'm getting emotional. So please uh, indulge me. Um, a tremendous sense of gratitude that um, I'm allowed to fulfill something that I feel is an obligation. It's a kuleana. It's, it's, it's what I'm supposed to do um, before I go, that I give as much as I possibly can to help out my friends, to help out family, to help out the, our community. And essentially, to tell you the truth, not to be too egotistical, to help out all of humanity, because I am a teacher. And I think I have some lessons that I still feel like I want to teach. And the best way for those to come forth is for you, Donna, to ask, act as a midwife and help me. Oh. Help me elucidate these ideas and bring them forth. Oh, I like that. I'm happy. Midwife or doula? I'm happy with either of those. <laughs> um, which one do you like? I think I like doula just because it just feels, I don't know, feels more right for this because, um, you know, I'm learning with you. I, I, I'm, lear- I'm learning with our audience and uh, I'm just happy to be a part of it. I feel for what it's worth, I feel a tremendous sense of gratitude also that you approached me and asked if, uh, I had any ideas for uh, sharing your story, for using you. And this just was the first thought in my mind. It just felt so right. And um, I, I see that it is. It, it, it really, and you were so receptive. That's a really beautiful thing. I, I think that, um, uh, well, let, let, let's let everyone know where we are as of this time. How do you okay. feel today physically? Um, last two weeks, I underwent targeted radiation. And for those of us who um, have had to go through that particular version of hell, <laughs> it is not always easy uh, that it, it, it's not necessarily painful per se. It's just exhausting. And the exhaustion can reach the point of being something very akin to pain. And along with it comes a sense of depression and a sense of just gloom. Um, but those, those days that, that that's past now. So for this particular round, I'm good. And the recovery is coming along nicely. Um, I was looking forward to today. So that's, that's brightened my spirits today. I'm feeling okay. Good, good. And, and I hope that you'll, I know that you will always be candid about how you're doing on any given day. And, um, when you don't feel like sharing, you don't have to share. And when you feel your emotions come up, you can let them come up, you know, because that's part of the journey with you. Okay. I'll try not to be a grouch. Okay. I know you won't. <laughs> um, so 
uh, how did you find out that you had prostate cancer? When I look back of the arc, at the arc of the last few years, including COVID, I can see the signs of it now. It goes back probably three years, but COVID got in the way of me going to the doctor to have it checked out. Um, things having to do with bladder control, things having to do with fatigue, things having to do with um, mental fog. All of that was, was occurring and I just, I just brushed it off. Um, but then when I found out, was about a year ago it was march a year ago when i met with dr chow um, i have three wonderful physicians that i'd like to just praise to the skies to you guys dr chow is a urologist dr um letterman letterer is a radiologist he's the one that gives me the targeted radiation god bless him and dr ian um okazaki who is my oncologist Dr. Chow let me know after doing an exam that most likely I had prostate cancer, most likely it had metastasized, that I was stage four, that I, that I was on a one-way ticket. There's no escaping it, that I had without treatment at most six months to a year. Ooh. And that, that was... Uh, about a year ago, you said? About a year ago, yep. So <laughs> guess what? <laughs> here we are. Here. <laughs> I elected not to do treatment, and I was told that that would lead to my demise much faster. Dr. Laterer, who gets kind of grouchy with me and scolds me sometimes, said, at least try what targeted radiation, not full-on radiation that causes all of your hair to fall out, but targeted radiation to hit specific areas where the cancer is undermining the, the, basically the structure of the bone. Because they did the full test on it, did a biopsy on a lymph node in my neck, um, which is kind of cool. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm fast. I'm, I'm kind of a geek about the medical techni technologies that are going on with this. And you'll see this because you'll see me get excited about things like, <laughs> like monoclonal antibodies. But um, they discovered that the cancer was all along my spine, that it was all over my hip, that it was on my sacrum, that it was in my right femur, that it was in my right um, upper arm. I forget what that's called. Bicep? Uh, no, the, 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 that bone. Oh. That it was in my rib cage and in my lungs. So my thought was well two things my thought was these cells are my cells that's that's not a foreign body attacking me that's me producing it myself and you know, which is the nature of cancer right makes it so so damn difficult to, to deal with because the human body itself is making it um and i thought wow they're acting just like me <laughs> they're traveling they're, they're they're journeying they're they're having an adventure and i said okay well they're they're, they're true to their daddy um <laughs> And the other really weird thing, and I don't understand it, was I had this image, this image, a pervasive image of yellow lilies blooming all along my spine and all along wherever the cancer was. Beautiful yellow, yellow lilies just, just in full bloom in all of their glory. And I still don't know what that means. But it comforts me, believe it or not. It, um, it helps me to understand. So when I get the targeted radiation, 
it's like it's like pruning <laughs> the lilies are kind of you know they're they're straightened out the, the the garden bed is cleaned up uh to where it's not overrun and they don't completely take me over so that is what's happening inside of my inside of my world inter internally the other thing was that people people say this and i I will not argue with anybody about the way that they consider their treatment because I've heard some beautiful stories of how they how they've conceived of what's going to, going into them, um, going inside of them. But for me, when people say I am not defined by my cancer, I understand that. But because since mine is terminal, I choose to think I am defined by it, and I embrace it. And so the, the rest of whatever remaining time I has is with that in mind. And one of the reasons why is because when I found out I'm over at Safeway, I remember the moment I was Safeway in the produce, uh, produce department, right? And um, I'm looking at tomatoes and this voice said, you know, you have cancer, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Then I went over and looked at the bananas. You, you still have cancer. You realize that, right? And it would not leave me alone. It just kept on saying, you know, you had it. And it, it was like hounding me. And so I finally said, you know, yeah, I get it. Okay. Um, and once I embraced it, that voice got a little quieter and it, it's not as loud anymore. And I don't mind when it says, and you have cancer. I said, yeah, how are you doing? That image of the yellow flowers is just so striking. I've, uh, Mickey posted this on his Facebook uh, account and I saw it and read it and I just I I don't even think I felt emotional about it I think everything in me just froze because it was so groundbreaking most of the time we don't talk about the c word or we say it we're still remember in terms of endearment you have to say cancer you know <laughs> hushed, you know we yeah. and, and we've learned to be very careful about these things and you don't um say oh i hear you're dying <laughs> yeah, uh, by the way <laughs> yeah it, it's so refreshing i feel that i've always thought of cancer as an enemy invader in one's body and that must make it hard to sleep at night if you feel like there's a foreign body uh, instead of a be this beautiful garden that is just causing some change in your body. But let, let me also state for those who are fighting the cancer tooth and nail, I'm with you. If you're doing the chemo, which I've refused, if you're doing the hormonal, which I refused, yeah, go team, go. I'm, I'm on your side. Talk to me. I'm let's, you know, if you ever need to vent, let, let's talk about this because I, I know a bit what you're going through, not the full extent because I'm not undergoing those treatments. And I'm, there is nothing that medical science can do for us that does not come without a cost. It all has a price and I'm not talking monetary. It has a price on your body. Mm -hmm. And the re one of the reasons why I, I, I um, elected not to have chemo because I knew what it would do to my body. And it, of course it, affect, it affects different people different ways. I have a friend who did the chemo and he's fine. I have another friend who did it and it wiped him out. I mean, massive, massive lifestyle change. Same thing with the hormonal. And I'm, so I'm doing the targeted, but so far for me, 
it's given i'm able to keep a lifestyle that that i mean i'm happy and i did not expect happiness would be on the table yeah that's so uplifting to hear um and uh, uh we'll get more into what your daily life looks like but um i want to talk about so the targeted radiation is exhausting for you, but you had reasons to believe that the chemotherapy would affect you too much, profoundly. Let me, let me warn the, uh, our dear audience that no, one of the things that's keeping me alive is vanity. <laughs> Truth be told, I mean, I'm serious. I am seriously a vain person and I have worked as a bodybuilder on my body for decades. Chemo would take that away from me. Hormonal would take that away from me. Targeted radiation, it wipes me out, but I can still get the energy or the will to get up and go to the gym in the morning. So um, as long as I can do that, then I'm okay. I can still go dancing. The other big thing in my life, the two things that I live for are going to the gym and lifting and going out to the club and dancing to house music. That that's those are my joys i mean besides besides family and friends those are my joys this is coming from a man who uh, a little over a year ago was told that you have six months to a year yeah. <laughs> i just want to say that so cheers to your vanity mickey it's <laughs> it's working we should all get ourselves some of that um uh i want to ask about the hormonal therapy just because sure. i don't i have not even heard of this before what's involved in that Hormonal therapy, from what I understand, it involves, it's basically a form of, and the doctors, Dr. Uh, Ian, if I get this wrong, forgive me, please. But from what I understand, it's basically castration. It cuts off all testosterone from you. So you will have muscle wasting. There are, there are other things that occur too. It, like I said, nothing comes without a price. Um, and I've chosen not to do that for the, because of the purposes of vanity or, um, or, you know, it's, it's a bodybuilding is a hobby, I suppose. And it gets me up in the morning. Dr. Dr. Uh, Okazaki told me the only reason I'm alive right now is a force of will. And, you know, if that's what it takes. If it takes me being, you know, all proud you know, of my physique to keep me going, you know, so be it. But not, I, I will also say this. Uh, I, I made a deal a long time ago with the universe that if I ever did go to get totally buffed out, get, you know, this, this, this godlike body, that I would never, ever put anybody else down if they don't have one. That that's, that's not my right to do. So I try to limit the arrogance that comes with bodybuilding sometimes and that I hope to God that I don't exhibit. I hope that I'm humble about it. I hope that I you know, compliment people about their good points as well. You know, you do. Okay. I can vouch, but Mickey's built for speed. I am built for comfort <laughs> <laughs> and, and I can vouch that uh, you do do an amazing and admirable job with get, have all, ever since I've known you, which is several years, you, uh, you keep yourself in very good uh, physical shape. And um, I've never felt uh, like, you know, ex-smokers are the worst. If you're still smoking, they'll be the worst to get on you. You're not that. <laughs> uh, um, 
yeah, uh, you're also a, a kind and intelligent, uh, thoughtful enough person that um, oh, sure. I can't imagine you saying anything uh, that would make someone feel bad about themselves. Um, uh, so let's talk about what your average, like, what did you do today? Okay. Um, my sleep patterns are very erratic. Um, there's been a couple of times where I've awakened at one in the morning and just said, okay, I can't go back to sleep. I'm going to get up and play on Twitter. I'm going to get myself some breakfast and try to nap afterwards. Today was something like that. I woke up at two 30, couldn't go back to sleep. So I did that knowing two things were going to happen today. I was going to, um, see my brother for the first time in years. My brother, James is here. He and his wife, Digna, um, from Austin. And I was going to see them which can be exhausting. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. They're wonderful people. It's exhausting just in that, you know, it's company. And, you know, you got, you got to be, you know, got to make sure they, the, that, you know, pay attention. I'm sitting in chairs that are not necessarily so comfortable. If we go to a restaurant, um, force of will, once again, just to endure things that I would rather not endure for the sake of the pleasure of their company. Um, when I was done with that, it was like three hours when I was done with that, I was so exhausted and I thought, oh my God, can I actually do this with Donna and James and Susan? And I said, and once again, for well, I said, you're going to do it. And I was lucky because I thought it was at three 30 that we were <laughs> going to meet. And so it was five 30. So I had extra time to nap. Oh, Ooh. good. I'm glad we gave you a nap. <laughs> yep. Do you, uh, other than the targeted radiation, is there anything else that you do or take for your comfort? For my comfort? Yeah. The, the doctor prescribed oxycodone, which um, for me, is less than useless. Uh, and I don't know, I'm, I'm, for some people, perhaps it works. For me, all it does, it makes me not, I'm, I'm incapable of taking a shit. Um, and, uh, it makes me feel numb, but it doesn't take away the pain. And I thought, why would I even want to do this? So, um, realizing the street value of these drugs, I threw them all away. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, and, um, so what, what I do right now is I have two bottles. One is of extra strength Tylenol and the other one is ibuprofen and I switch back and forth. So I'm not loading my system with one of them all the time. Um, also I have am, uh, ambient. To okay. make sure I can sleep if I really, really need to do that. Oh, okay. And is there any other treatment that you're receiving from your doctors? Yes. Oh. This is the genius one. This is, this is the miraculous one that I cannot believe actually exists. It's, the, um, it's called Exgiva. And what it is, is it, it's monoclonal antibody treatment. It puts an antibody in my system that instead of hunting down a foreign invader and, and eating it, as antibodies tend to do, right? Destroy it. Um, it transfers calcium from my system to, the to what it considers to be the foreign invader, the cancer. And so as the cancer is undermining my bones, the, the um, exgiva is building them back up. So it's like an anti-buddy. Oh no, we, we knocked out your microphone. Sorry, Mickey laughed okay. so hard. Now I hear you. Now I hear you. Okay. That, that, the whole thing is so, so sci-fi to me. It's, it's, it's like, wow, I've got, you know, like Star Trek Next Generation or something. That, that, so uh, 
it's I consider it kind of miraculous and it I'm is. really lucky that I've got the treatment. That's amazing. So that, that is not going to uh, dishelve the cancer at all. It's just building up the bones, putting back what the cancer is taking out. And it's a mercy that that particular treatment doesn't hurt me. There, there's, there's very little blowback. Right? I get a shot once a month and um, then I'm good. And, and the shot will be irritated for a little bit, right? It never, shot never feels good, but that's minor. Um, Dr. Chow warned me on that very first day that what's going to happen without any treatment was that my bones would break. He said, I'll be riding on a bike. I'll be walking around. All of a sudden the bones would just collapse which is like this nightmare scenario, right? But with targeted radiation and the exjiva, hopefully that's not going to be an issue. And Dr. Okazaki said, what's going to happen most likely if these things are successful is I'm just going to start slowing down. And that is exactly what's happening. That's at a very, it's at a leisurely pace. It's not happening right away. Okay. That, that's yeah, I know someone who discovered they had cancer because they bent down to pick something up and a rib broke. Oh, yeah. I, so we, we just have a couple minutes left here. Mm -hmm. I want to uh, sign us out. Is there um, anything that you would like to say about how you how you feel emotionally now after having this conversation? I really feel like giving a big shout out to my brothers out there who have prostate cancer. Um, I, I know what you're going through. Um, I know the options that you're given. It's scary because it's a very lonely place to be. You're making decisions based on incomplete information. Your doctors are making decisions for you based on incomplete information. And that's a horrible place to be. And my heart goes out to you. So stay with me on this journey. Like, let Donna know or call us or something if, if you want to talk or anything like that. I am here for you and I want to hear from you. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Mickey. We're going to feel we're going to figure out a way to make that communication possible. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Sure. I'm Donna Blanchard. James Charisma is our producer. Susan Wright is our content advisor, PR agent, and support team member. Music generously donated by Kainani Kahaunaele from her Hoku Award-winning album, Waipunale. We're all here to support our friend Mickey and help him help all of us to learn about living while dying. <laughs>